I'm also excited about what we're talking about tonight. We are talking about the brain. Can you guys point to your brain? Can you, can you see your brain? No? Okay. I'm going to tell you guys a joke. So a kid, uh, a good old kid from the New South Conference, goes to a free Methodist church. He went to school, and he told his teacher, he's like, yeah, I said my prayers last night to God. And the teacher said, God doesn't exist. And the kid says, yeah, he does. The teacher says, no, God doesn't exist. And the kid says, how do you know that? The teacher says, you can't see him, so he doesn't exist. And the kid looks at the teacher, and he says, can you see your brain? Because <laughs> you can't see your brain, but we know it exists. <laughs> All right, it's a great joke. I love it. It's a great joke. It's one of my favorites. It's up there. You guys have been telling me great jokes all week long. My sides hurt. I have laughed so much. You guys are great. It's amazing. But I want to talk to you tonight about the brain because we started off with bones. Then we went to, oops, sorry. We started off with bones. Then we went to breath. Then we talked about blood. Yeah, and your heart that pumps the blood. (laughs) Right? Yeah, the old thump thump. And today we're talking about... Zombies' favorite lunch item, brains. You guys ever watch like a zombie show or a Scooby-Doo where there's like a zombie? Yeah, and Shaggy's like, zoinks! And then Scooby-Doo's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they got to run away and they run in slow motion. So zombies are after brains. We're not talking about zombies, though. We're talking about brains. Who in here knows how much a full-grown adult brain weighs? Anybody, anybody, anybody? What do you think? Two pounds? What are you thinking? One pound? A hundred pounds? Three pounds. We have a winner. Yeah, let's give her a hand. All right, yeah. An adult human brain, typically on average, depending on the size of your head, weighs about three pounds. Right? Very good, very good. So if you know anything about the brain, it is the consistency. I don't know if any of you have ever held a brain in your hands, like in science class of like an animal, right? Because you can't, I mean, your forehead's in the way. You can't squeeze your own brain. But if you ever felt a brain, it kind of feels like, like a firm jelly, kind of, like a, like a really wet Play-Doh kind of consistency. And there's electricity just zapping back and forth. So when I describe the brain, I usually call it electrical jelly. That's wild, isn't it? Like you think about your electrical jelly is making sure that you're breathing right now. You don't even have to think about it. Like, <gasps> I almost forgot to breathe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And your heart, you don't tell your heart to beat. It's not like... <laughs> What was I doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it just goes on its own. Your brain governs a lot of things that happen in your body and keep it just kind of in balance. In balance. Now, if you've ever gone to the doctor and they hit your knee with the little hammer, what happens to your knee? Yeah, it just kind of moves a little bit, right? Just a little bit. The first time that the doctor did that to me, I had seen so many cartoons that I kicked. And my doctor laughed at me. And he's like, you don't have to kick, 
just sit there naturally. I'm like, oh, okay. And so he did it, and then my leg moved a little bit, and I'm like, that's not what happens in the cartoons. But you're not actually, when you go to the doctor, like, don't kick. You're not supposed to kick. They're just testing your nerves. Because if you can see this guy up here and all the nerves and all the nerve endings that run all around your body, they all end up right here in the old electrical jelly. Now, some people want to compare the brain to a computer, but that doesn't do the brain justice. It is so much more complex. I just ordered a computer, and I'm really excited. It just shipped today. I got the notifications like, your package has shipped via FedEx. I'm like, oh, track it, track it, track it. I don't know when it's going to be here, but what's, it's going to my house. It's not coming here. That wouldn't do me any good. But the brain is so much more powerful than any computer we have ever been able to produce. Even your brain, and I have been told by well-qualified professionals in this room that your brains are not done developing yet. They're still growing. They're still cooking, is like I like to tell my kids in class whenever they mess up. They're like, I'm sorry, Mr. Seeks. I'm telling them, it's okay, your brain's not done cooking yet. Have you guys ever pulled out a dessert and you're like, oh, is it ready? Oh, it's not ready yet. You got to put it back in there until it's done cooking. I think, was it, we, we were talking about the perfectly baked pizza roll. You remember that? With the soft crust on the outside and the warm, gooey pepperonis on the inside. <sighs> yeah, that brings some images to the old brain, doesn't it? Our imagination, the things that we see, smell, taste, touch, hear, and feel, it all is communicated in this gooey electrical slime that's inside our hollow skull. You guys ever like whipped your head back and forth and then you get a little dizzy, right? Because your brain also works to keep you in balance. Your brain interprets the signals that come from your eyes. Your eyes actually send upside down signals to your brain. And then your brain's like, oh, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, when you throw a Frisbee, your brain's like, it's gonna hit you, it's gonna hit you, it's gonna hit you, hand! And then you catch the Frisbee. Unless you're still working on it, and you're like, hey, you're a little too late, right? Anybody ever been hit by the Frisbee? And you're like, come on, brain, let's get it together. (laughs) Yeah, your brain governs all of the things that happen in your body. And inside your brain is your mind. That's wild. Now, remember I mentioned a while back that the ancient Egyptians, they were like, brain, whatever. Because they didn't think it was important. They thought everything happened in the heart, in the old thump thump. But the brain's very important. It contains what we call our consciousness. Consciousness. That's why whenever someone's playing football and they get hit in the brain really hard, they fall unconscious. But we call it getting knocked out. You guys ever seen that? Or a boxer or whatever? Or those guys in the cage and they're like, I'm in the cage. And then they just, you guys shouldn't watch too much. It's very violent. But when they get knocked out, it's because... They rattled their brain, and their brain's like, we need a quick nap, okay? I'm just going to I'm just gonna lay down for a minute. And your brain holds your consciousness and all of the things that you think, all of the things that you think about a lot and think about often, it's because of all those electrical signals going on in your brain. And I've got a few scriptures that we're going to look at talking about the brain. First one being 2 Timothy 1, chapter 7, in the New King James Version. And it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, sound 
doesn't mean a noise. Sound in this particular use means strong. I hear that Kentucky is horse country, right? Yeah, and whenever the doctors are checking out the horses before a big race, they check their legs and they squeeze all their muscles and then they pat them on the rump and they say, this horse is sound. Does that mean they were talking to the horse? Hey, horse, are you okay? I don't know, doc. I feel a little nervous about this one. (laughs) No, it means that the horse's body is strong enough to race. You guys were supposed to say charge. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, we'll, we'll work on that later. That's good. So sound means it's strong. It can hold up under pressure. It's in good shape. So God doesn't give us spirit of fear. In fact, sometimes I've even heard this phrase, I'm scared out of my wits or I'm scared out of my mind. Are any of you guys Batman fans out there? Yeah. All right. So we've talked about this before, but in the second Batman movie, The Dark Knight, there's a Joker character in there and he just does all kinds of crazy and bad things. And so Batman has to stop him. And he's talking to this guy in the hospital and he says, you just threaten one little mayor and then everyone loses their minds. You guys know that part that I'm talking about? Yeah. He's saying, if you scare people enough, then you can give them a spirit of fear and they won't have a sound mind. And so I wanted to encourage you guys tonight that in life, sometimes things are scary. Sometimes our brain starts to get these signals like uh, the old 1960s TV show Lost in Space, Danger, Will Robinson, Danger. And this robot would follow this little boy around. This little boy was always getting into trouble. Somebody should have kept an eye on that kid. And so this robot would alert him, send him signals, Danger, Danger. So your brain gets these signals, and then it starts to prepare your body. It's called the fight or flight reflex. When you're put in a dangerous situation, your adrenaline starts pumping, and it kind of shoots this tingly feeling down your legs and then up into your chest, and then your heart's like, (laughs) and then your pupils dilate, and all the blood goes to your muscles instead of your other organs. So if you need to, you you can fight your way out of it, or you can do like the Roadrunner in the Looney Tunes when he goes... And then the coyote's just like standing there, and he looks down, and he looks at the camera, and then he falls down. And then he falls. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So your brain gets all of these signals, and it's like, we're in danger. I think there's a meme with some kid sitting at the back of the bus, and he's like, I'm in danger. Your brain will try and trick you. Your brain will try and tell you, watch out, you can't handle this, we're in over our heads, oh my gosh. And if it's like a bear, then listen to those signals from your brain, right? It's a physical danger. But sometimes the world plays tricks on us, optical illusions. And we need to remember that we don't have to have a spirit of fear, we can have a strong mind. We can know, hey, you know what, God's given me strength to overcome fear. I've got another scripture I want to throw out at you guys. It is Romans 8 and verse 6 out of the English Standard Version. I'm an English teacher. I like the English Standard. You know, we're just, we're cool like that. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life 
and peace. I want you guys to say it like that. Peace. Isn't that just so peaceful? We'll go one more time. Peace. Yeah. So what the writer of Romans is telling us here is that if all we ever focus on is the things that we can see naturally, then we're never going to have any hope after death. If all you focus on is your present circumstance, if you look at things and you're like, I can't overcome this, the world's against me, I got a failing grade on a test, somebody told me something really mean, and I keep replaying it over and over and over in my mind, because sometimes things happen, and just like we went to the church today and saw a movie on the screen, sometimes we replay those things over and over in our minds. And it's great to rewatch the good things, but sometimes we get stuck rewatching the bad things. Kind of like an old, you guys probably don't remember this, but we used to listen to music on these big, flat, black plates, and you'd put them down, and then this little arm would come, and then it would touch down, and it would go, and then it would start to make music. Yeah. And so whenever someone says, you sound like a broken record, what they mean is you keep saying the same thing over and over and over and over. And sometimes our minds get stuck like that. I used to listen to these shiny little plates called CDs. And if they got scratched, then they would do the same thing. Over and over and over because the laser would start to skip. And sometimes our minds, we get stuck on the bad things, but the writer of Romans is saying, hey, don't set your mind on that stuff. Set your mind on the, and this is a capital S, capital S meaning the spirit, God's spirit, God's word, because we know that God is three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that's going to give us life. That's going to give us peace. What I love about this one one of my uh, youth group students back home, she says, my mom reads, well, she does, she's like a teenager, but she says, my mom reads me this scripture every night before bed. Why do you think that is? What are you thinking? Yeah, because when we're in bed, right before we go to bed, a lot of us, we think back on how the day went. And the last thing you want to do right before you go to sleep is replay a bunch of bad memories over and over and over and over and over because you can get stuck like a broken record thinking about the bad things or the fearful things. And the enemy who doesn't enjoy you following God will whisper lies and say, oh, it's never going to get any better. It's always going to be like this. Oh, what's the point in waking up tomorrow if it's just going to be like it was today? But you can remind yourself, you know what? I don't have to give in to fear. God didn't give me fear. God gives good things. Everything that God breathes is life. We talked about that, right? It's all connected. So when we think about our brain and all the electrical jelly, I want you guys to know this. You are in control of your mind. If you've ever seen like a superhero movie or somebody has these evil powers and they have mind control or they put some kind of, I don't know, in the Batman animated series, there was a guy called the Mad Hatter and he had these headbands and he would put the headbands on people and then he would take control of their brains. 
So Batman would have to take the headbands off, and they're like, where am I? Why am I in the bank vault? What's in this bag? Oh, it's a lot of money. And so the Mad Hatter was using that mind control to make people do those bad things. So we have to make sure that we are the ones in control of our minds. Now, I didn't say that, you know, we have like Thanos' reality stone and we can just change everything around us. It's okay to acknowledge what is going on physically around you, but you are in control of your mind. You decide what gets replayed. You decide what you set your mind on. Just like when you have a phone and you're going through the songs, you decide what song is going to play in your mind. And I want you to remember that. Because as you grow up, your brain is going to receive some powerful messages. We haven't even started about the chemicals that are going to start snap, crackling, and popping. And that's going to change your brain. You're going to be like, what is this new sensation? I thought girls had cooties. What's going on? Well, your brain is not done cooking yet. Okay? And you are in control. Never surrender control of your mind to anything else. Not what's going on around you, not something that you saw or something that you've read or something that someone says that makes you afraid of what's going to happen next. Don't keep replaying that because then you're going to get stuck in that loop, in that cycle. And that's why we're being cautioned. Don't set your mind on the flesh, because that's just death. That's just going to wear out. It's going to pass away. There's no good in that. Set your mind on the spirit, and the way to do that is to continue to read God's word. So here's the big idea. We live in a world full of stimuli. I know that's a big word, but if you're taking notes in your booklets, I left a blank there for you to fill in that word stimuli is the plural form of stimulus. Like whenever you touch something, your finger sends an electrical signal up to your brain and says, something touched me. And then your brain fires off all those alarms and says, it's a bug, get it off, get it off, get it off, get it off. <laughs> because you feel that something touched you, right? It was you that tapped me on the shoulder at dinner yesterday, and I'm like, uh oh, someone's behind me. And so I turn around and nobody was there. And I'm like, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going crazy. And then I turn around and he's over here and he's like, Whoa. and so then I'm talking, you know, to my new homies. And then I feel a tap on the other side. And my brain's like, oh, must be somebody over here. And there's nobody there. I'm like, I'm not going crazy. I'm not going crazy. And then I look. And he's on the other side. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. He was messing with my brain, right? Because your brain tells you signals. And when you grow up, you're going to use your brain very quickly. It's a very powerful tool. You say, okay, I'm driving. Do I have enough space to turn? Is that person coming too fast? Am I going to make this light? Your brain makes a lot of decisions. Your brain keeps you balanced. How many of you have ever taken a step and the floor is not where you thought it was and you do this number? Oh, yeah. yeah, because your brain's like, oh, yeah, it's always going to be there to hold you up. And then it throws you off when it's not there. But you never have to worry about God's word being like the step that's not there. It's always going to be there to hold you up. 
So even when your brain has all these stimuli, things that you feel, things that you see, things that you hear, we've got social media of all kinds, and you can scroll forever. There's no end. Sports. There's all kinds of sports. My dad loves to watch sports. And the other day I walked in, and I'm like, oh, dad, what are you watching? He's like, the playoffs. I'm like, the playoffs? It's it's like February. Who's got the playoffs in February? He was watching hockey. <laughs> and I told him, I said, Dad, we don't even watch hockey. He's like, yeah, but it's the playoffs. Because <laughs> there's always something on. I mean, when football's over, it's basketball. When basketball's over, it's baseball. When baseball's over, it's football again. There's always something to watch, something to stimulate your eyes. There's always something to stimulate your brain. There's school. I know that you hate to hear it. School's going to be here in two more months, right? Gross. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's my job. So there's always going to be something going on, but we, remember, we control our minds. We decide what's replayed on that big screen inside that big old theater in our heads. We have to focus our energy on God's word. And that's where he's going to give us directions. There's this old saying that a lot of preachers say, and they say, you want to know what God has to say to you? Read the Bible. You want to hear the voice of God? Read your Bible out loud. (laughs) It's like one of those dad jokes, right? JT appreciates that. Yeah, that's right. So JT's a really funny guy, if you guys didn't know. You should talk to him later. Yeah. So if you continue to put in God's word, we've been talking about this all week long, then he is going to give you direction. And when you have direction, you have peace. Yeah, because a lot of philosophers will tell you that mankind's greatest fear is the unknown. Is Schrodinger's cat alive or is it dead or is it both? We don't know. And now we're scared about the the UFOs because we don't know what it is. Yeah, what's out there? Well, I'm not too concerned about what's out there. I'm concerned about what's in here. Because if all we keep replaying is the scary stuff. And sometimes, (laughs) sometimes we let our minds run away with us, right? Have any of you ever had an argument with someone, but it's just in your head? Like, oh, I bet they're going to say this, and then I'm going to say that, and then I bet they're going to say this. Oh, but I'm going to be ready because I'm going to say that. And then if they go, oh, I'll be ready for that. And your mind's just going off and making up these imaginary things, and playing pretend is part of the creative process. You know, I love playing with Legos and having these protagonists and antagonists. Oh, you've never stopped me. Think again. And that's fun, that's creativity, but when we start replaying bad scenarios in our head, fearing things, we can actually program our bodies to fail. Now, you guys, this this may be a little bit much, but I'll, I'll share with the adults. I went to a distinguished lecture series at my junior college, and the guy was selling a book. And that's pretty much all he was doing, because I tried to ask him a question. He's like, does anyone have these questions? And it was about how we should feel sorry for people who get depression again. 
And I wanted to know. I'm like, hey, I've studied the brain. My dad has a, a disability because he had an accident. He had some brain damage. And I've always been fascinated with God's creation and how the brain controls the body and the mind is inside the brain. And they all work together with the spirit to govern who we are and, and how we process life. So I asked him this question. I said, given the psychology behind self-fulfilling prophecies and the biology within brain plasticity, do you think that the re-onset of depression can actually be a learned behavior? And he was like, well, in my book, you know, we, we cover many different things, and I really think you should buy the book. And I'm like, oh, I thought he wanted to answer questions. I had the question. He just wants to sell me his book. But then I realized I'm asking the wrong person. If I have questions about the brain, I should ask the inventor of the brain. If you guys have ever bought like a video game console or a new TV or a computer, they always come with a user's manual. So whenever you have like the particular, oh, how do I do that? How do I program this remote again? How do I turn this on? Which way do I put the batteries in there? How do I go to the main menu? You have to check the manual. So whenever you are dealing with all these things going on in your brain and like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff going on and there's lights and there's sounds and there's scrolling and there's all these colors, you are in control of your brain. You decide what is replayed over and over and over. And if you begin to set your mind on the things of the spirit, if you say, okay, you know what's going to replay in my mind? My sword drills. I'm going to go back and repeat those scriptures. I'm going to go back and remind myself, God doesn't give me fear. Even if a lot of scary things are happening around me, I know that he's going to bring me through it. Just like we heard about Jacob DeShazer and how he was in a horrible situation, but he surrendered to God. God changed his situation and even used him to reach other people. I'll tell you that as you grow up, you're going to interact with a lot of scared people. People who are scared about many things that we don't know how they're going to turn out. We don't know who's going to win the next election. We don't know if a certain country is not going to play nice with us anymore. We don't know if we'll be in an accident. There are a lot of things we don't know, but what we do know is that we can trust God. That he gives us peace and a sound mind, a strong mind. We are in control of our minds. Not what happens around us, not what happens to us. You are in control of your mind. And when you decide to meditate, to replay over and over those scriptures, they're going to give you joy. They're going to give you peace. They're going to remind you that God's real and he loves you and he's listening. Just like we talked about the other night when we did our journaling activity. He's there. He's ready to explain the things that you want to know about. God, I don't understand this. Can you help me? He'll lead you to scriptures or to people who will point out some scriptures that will answer those questions. That guy who knew all those things and wrote that book, he couldn't answer my question. But God can answer all of your questions. And he already has. And they're written in his word. And so that's my challenge to you tonight. The brain is a very powerful electrical jelly computer, but we don't have to let it run away from us. We're in control. You are in charge of your mind and you need to surrender it to the Lord's will. You need to say, God, remind me of who I need to pray for. God, 
show me of things that I need to prepare for. God, I've been reading this scripture. Remind me again what it means. Jesus walked with his disciples on the earth, and every now and then he had to remind them, like, hey, remember when I said this to you? Hey, remember when I said this to you? we got to replay those things over and over and over in our brains. And, guys, it's all connected because the same God who told Ezekiel, speak to these bones. Remember that from the bones come the blood. And the blood circulates all over the body because the brain keeps everything in control and in balance. And the lungs give oxygen to the blood and to the brain. And everything that God can do to bring those dry bones back to life, he's already done inside of you. So whenever you feel like something's a little too much, there's too much stimuli, I just can't handle it. Remember that God is the one who created you. And he's given you that power. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. I'm just going to check out. It's too much. No, you have a sound mind. You're in control of your brain. Not anybody else. You are. And I want you to remember that tonight as I wrap up in a word of prayer. Would you pray with me tonight, kids? God, we are so thankful for your word and how you use natural images to teach us supernatural things. Tonight, we talked about the crazy, awesome creation of our brains, how we don't even yet understand 100% how they work, but we know that you've given us a sound mind. We're not crazy. We don't have to be fearful all the time. We control what plays in our minds. And God, help us to replay your scriptures, your words, your encouragement, your promises, your prophecy over us whenever it looks like something in our life isn't working, even if something in our life looks dead and dry. You have given us the power to speak your words, your breath, your let there be into dry bones, and they'll come alive. God, I thank you that we would even pray protection over the minds of our young students here, that whatever the enemy tries to attack them with, lies that he tries to implant in their brains, that they wouldn't replay those lies. That they would say, no, I don't believe that. I know what's real. I know that God made me. I know that I'm special. I know that I'm loved. I know that I don't have fear, but I have a sound mind. My mind is strong. God made me, and he made me in his image. He made me beautiful. He made me strong. God, help our young students to remember that as we go forward and help them carry all of these wonderful lessons that we learned this year at camp as we go back to our homes and back to our schools and even as we enjoy some more time, a little bit more time together, help us to continue to replay these wonderful memories from camp for many, many years to come. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen. You guys have been so good. Let's give yourselves a hand clap. Clappity clap, 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 clap. Very good. Very good.